0: again as usual i must warn you all that this year's halloween show is very very scary and those of you with young children may want to send them off to bed back to the bed Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very, very creepy Back to the Bins. And happy just after Halloween. Happy Halloween, Bill. Scary, spooky, whoa. Yes. (laughs) So Bill and I have picked two spooky, spooky books uh, to cover for you. And I guess unless you have any kind of comic book Halloween news...
1: Mm, not really I've been playing uh, on my phone I've been playing uh, uh, Marvel yeah, yeah I played so much I don't even know the name what is it Marvel Strike Force yeah that's it Marvel Strike Force and they've had Halloween themed things all month and uh, I've been um, uh, I was able to get Ghost Rider hey. and uh, now I'm working on Elsa Bloodstone and yeah uh, I don't know if I'm going to get her out of this event. I'll have to keep working on it. It's one of those time killers on the phone. But, hey, it's great for when you're just sitting around in traffic. I mean, uh, when you're in the bathroom. And, uh... <laughs> well, that's right. I don't work for the man anymore. What? What? no, you still shouldn't be on your phone in traffic. No, you should never be on the phone in traffic. You should never be on the phone while driving. Ever, 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 ever. But while you're sitting on the... While you're sitting on the
0: toilet, you feel free.
1: Yes. Sit away. Or do something else away. So I
0: have no anyway. particular new Halloween new Halloween news other than today I was off from work, and we took a ride to a couple of comic stores, but I didn't really – I wasn't really intrigued by anything too much, uh, so I didn't purchase anything, and I did see – I, honestly, I didn't see a lot of the books that I would want to collect at this point because, as you know, I'm really—I've pretty much purged everything. Scale po- back, yeah. I've purged almost everything post 1985, so I'm looking for stuff before that. I saw very, very little from before that, and what I saw, I thought was priced at a premium, and I'm always looking for bargains, so I didn't make any purchases with that. Uh, you know, my eBay sales are undergoing and. Uh, I think they're going pretty well. Uh, you know, I've, I've made a, a number of sales through eBay, and I've also made a couple of sales with friends from the websites and all, and, you know, we've we've had some pretty, you know, I think some pretty mutually satisfying uh,
1: transactions, so all is good. Good. Oh, so some of the comic stores you went around to. I've noticed a trend, Al, maybe it's always been there, but it seems uh, – you know how Free Comic Book Day is in May and now we you know we seem to be doing another they they have Oktoberfest or October all the local comic shops are are doing stuff Right there's a Halloween thing that they do Yeah now now they have a Halloween themes it doesn't I don't seem to remember it being that prevalent before I think it's been I think this is maybe like the third or fourth year Mm maybe yeah So which is fine. I I mean, you figure every six months they're trying to find a way to drum up an event to get people in the stores. So, I mean, you know, comic book stores, in my opinion, it's probably getting harder and harder for them to exist, at least certain ones that that if they're just solely trying to live off of comic books, they're not going to make it, in my opinion. Right. Yeah.
0: No, they, they have to do the statuary and all of that. Stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I did see some things that I thought were kind of cool as far as that goes. But as I've talked about in the past, I have so much stuff in my house that I'm only willing to buy something if it's better than what I have already to kind of take the spot. And then what would likely happen is I would remove whatever was in the place and sell it on eBay. Mm -hmm. so you know and then replace it with whatever was new uh and i saw some things that were interesting to me nothing that i necessarily wanted to displace something else with first of all right and secondly uh some of the things were things that would uh require me to get more than one you know like like they're part of a set uh one one thing i thought was interesting i saw was a, a kind of a cool bruce lee statue Ooh. And I thought that might be nice because I have, I actually have, I don't, I don't know if they're made of resin or what they are, but they're pretty nice. Uh, I have one of Kato and and uh, Green Hornet. Mm-hmm. It's it's two separate ones, but they go together. They're they're a matched set. And I thought it would be kind of cool to have them kind of standing in because they're in like a fighting pose, and then to have Bruce Lee in the fighting pose, you know, like the Enter the Dragon Bruce Lee on the other side of the two of them. <laughs> but I I didn't end up going for that.
1: Hmm. And I'm, I'm
0: always tempted to to start a new run of Funko Pops, but I'm really trying to not dive any deeper into that than I already have.
1: Don't do it. Because that's such a, that is such a rabbit hole. Mm, yeah, I've only got a few few choice ones that I've just gotten for certain thing ones that caught caught my eye and never really jumped in that hole.
0: Yeah. Well, I have like one. I have a, a small curio cabinet in the basement. I don't know if you remember that one. It's you know a little small. It's a little small. It's almost like triangular. And uh, okay. I have one shelf on that that's got a bunch of Funkos on it. Hmm. And then the only other place is upstairs in my larger china closet that I have, or curio cabinet, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I have uh, from Jaws. I have Hooper, uh, Brody, and uh, and Quint. Those Funko Pops, I have the three of them together. I I, I never did get the Funko Shark, because the Funko Shark doesn't look all that cool to me. Well,
1: yeah, he'd have to be bigger
0: than them. And then I have, it it is, it's pretty big, actually. Oh, oh, okay. And then I have some James Bond characters on one of the shelves, you know, non-Funko, but with those I have uh, Oddjob and Blofeld. And I may get the James Bond one to put so those, th- you know, those three will go together with the other James Bond guys I have. Hmm. But that's, I think that's, you know, I, I'm trying, unless I see something that really, really catches my eye, um, I, I don't think I'm going to dive too deep into the fun course. What's funny is when I was down in Florida with you guys, one of the stores we went to, I had seen the Brody, Hooper, and uh, Quint, and I actually picked the three of them up and was going to buy them. And then it occurred to me that, you know, these are available in New York. Why do I have to worry about traveling back from New York from Florida to New York carrying these things? Was that Emerald City? You think? I, it was the it was the smaller store that we went to just before the all you could eat Chinese food place.
1: Oh, that oh that one when we were in Or Orlando. Okay, yeah, yes. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they had, had a whole big. If one. you remember, there was a
0: whole big Funko shelf or a whole yeah, big right. Funko wall is a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. and I had seen those three, which I had never seen before, and they caught my eye, especially as the host of a Jaws-named program. <laughs> uh, but like I said, ultimately, it was like, oh, I'm not going to carry these all the way back to New York just to, you know, when I could have gotten them in New York. And I think I ordered them through Amazon, and they were like a dollar cheaper each than I was going to get them there anyway. Ah, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's that's it for my collecting uh, moments for, for today.
1: Uh, I was able to get... Um... At my LCS, they had. Uh, I've been all right. Things don't go to the one dollar level, and then usually it's only when they go, you know, oh, if it's nine ninety nine or below, or five ninety nine or below. And I've been waiting on some of the Star Wars Marvel comics, the new stuff, because I'm like, I'm not paying four dollars for these books. So I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then I, I heard that okay, I I heard that they're, that they're canceling the Star Wars Marvel. Are they? Yeah, they're going to stop at seventy-five, but then they're going to start it up again. Yeah, they are, but they're kind of doing it in an interesting way because they're going to start. They're going to stop, and when they restart, it's going to be taking place like immediately after, um, I think like the Battle of Hoth or something, or like, like it's going to be in that. It's going to be between Empire and Jedi, is when this next one. So maybe they'll do another seventy-five issues in, in between. So anyway. I have been picking stuff up when he had it on sale, but he's got a whole rack that he's been keeping all the Star Wars books on like it's a section. Until it goes into back issue bins, it won't go on sale. So I'm looking at these and I'm like, man, I want to pick these up because I don't want to go, you know. So I was like, look, I give you $2 a book. So, you know, and I'll buy these. uh, What was it like? eight books. I'm like, I'll buy these eight books right now. Sixteen bucks for the eight books. And he's like, well, I was like, look, I'm not... I'm I'm walking out the door. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to wait until it goes. He's like, well, you know, you could just wait. I'm like, well, then you you may. I'm like, I'm not going to wait. This is a one-time offer. So I was like, and they've been sitting there for quite some time. So, uh, so yeah, I was able to get those for For uh, sixteen bucks, and it was you know, to me, for the Star Wars books, I was like, all right, I'll pay that for these. So, but I am going to pick up the last three at regular price, and then since something else I've been buying is dropping off, I may re, you know, get the new series when it starts back up again. Because I'm finding a hard time trying to find some of these Marvel Star Wars ones that just are, or they're like really overpriced or just difficult to to find. It seems it's harder to find newer ones because. The print runs aren't as big mm, anymore. That's, true. Like, that's a good point. Like, like they used to be. And I've been lucky finding like I found a lot of Justice Leagues normally, probably because they're not selling, but that that are new. Um so uh but 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 yeah, so that's that's that was only the only new collecting stuff that I've really done.
0: So now I'm not sure about timing. Well actually this I am sure about timing. This episode's coming out very quickly after we record it. Mm-hmm. Um But what's what's your position on uh, the rise of Skywalker?
1: Um, Are you are you planning to see it in the theater, or are you? not? I don't know yet. Um, I might wait to see somebody else has seen it. Maybe a couple other people. I don't know. I'm not like gonna leap out and go see it. And just don't. I don't. Maybe I'm just getting old. I just don't have the like. Oh, I gotta see that. I do
0: still have some of the I have to see it in the theme, but. Our plan is... Because it opens on December 20th or the 19th, depending on how you look at it. Uh, And I think, you know, being the weekend right before Christmas, it's going to be pretty crazy for us. So we're probably leaving it for the second weekend. Mm. That's that's my anticipation. I I think... (sighs) I, I, you know, maybe I'm I'm off on this. And everybody's entitled to their own thing. If they didn't like the last one and they don't feel like they're going to get any pleasure out of this one, that's fine. I really don't have a problem with that. But I think maybe people are setting the bar too high. It's almost like, unless I think it's going to be a classic, I don't want to go see it. If it's going to be entertaining, I'm happy to go see it. That's all I need.
1: All it has to be is entertaining. Well, and, okay, a lot of times it seems like, you watch these movies and they are entertaining, but then when you try to think about things, you're kind of like, like the force awakens, you know, at at first I was like, wow, that was awesome. And then, you know, then I started to think about it again and, and then went back and watched it again. And I was like, well, this is really just a lot of rehashing of the other movies. And uh, so uh, that's what worries me about JJ Abrams. So I I don't know. Well, honestly, I, I had the same sense about it, that when I first
0: saw it, I just I really enjoyed it. And then I started to, like, the more I thought about it, the more derivative it felt to me. Uh, and the more you could see why it was so derivative. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't subtle. Uh, but it, it didn't yeah. jump out at me when I first saw it. It was more when I thought about it. But that's I'm kind of okay with that. That doesn't
1: bother me. Um, yeah, but what, what's the point of going to see, see a movie that later you're like, yeah, no, that really wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be. It was gonna be good in the moment. So then they just keep making movies that are good in the moment, but in the long term, eh, suck. Or we don't like. So well, that's why, the, and, and I think that's where
0: that's where you draw the line.
1: Well, it, and that's that's what happened with me with Star Trek. I was like, you know, F you you well, F me over on Star Trek too. I didn't see the third one. However, once I talked, you know, I did actually see it later. Got it on like uh, Redbox or something, or watched it. I, I, I don't know how I watched it. It was either uh, on TV or something, and it really wasn't that bad. It was a much better. Like I think that should have been the second movie. They should have never did what they did with, with that other one. The question, you know, just
0: to take it to, to you know, the, the terminology that you were using for it. The question is, is uh, you know, the extent of it. If you looked at it and you said. I really enjoyed it, but now with thinking about it, it wasn't quite as great as I thought. But it, you know, it's it's all right. It's just not what I thought it was. But I really enjoyed it in the moment, and mm. you know, that's to me that's acceptable. If if you're looking back on it and you you know like you're like you know I, I was kind of engrossed in it, and I enjoyed it when I watched it, but now that I'm thinking about it, it really kind of sucked. Okay, like 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 if you go to that extent, which is what I think you did with uh, Into Darkness. Then you could be, I think then you have more of, not a right, because I think you have a right to decide to see whatever you want to see. Uh, but you have, I think you have more of a, a, a cogent argument to give me. So, so you know, I, I, my, you know I'm, I'm in the group that doesn't really kind of get the passionate criticism of The Last Jedi, I understand people like it. People don't like it. The passion is kind of lost on me. I don't
1: understand why people seem to have this visceral hate of it. Uh, it's not hate. Okay, I kind of relate it to how I've been felt lately. Uh, I don't remember if any of this has been in any shows that may not have been out yet. How I liked House of X and Powers of X to begin with, but then the like the last two issues just ticked me off with how they recycled um, panels and full bone pages except pay- – changing one panel from earlier books and it whistles it once or twice it was in numerous spots that almost like a third of the book or more is really just a reprint and i know it's to do like oh it's like it's a movie you're seeing it from a different point of view it's like it's effing lazy
0: point of view
1: you know so that's why i was like you're just rehashing like that's why i don't and, and it ticked me off i was mad that i spent the money on it and I was fine with it until I got to those like last two issues of each series and I was like, what the f?
0: So it created is going a on? retroactive dislike of books that at first you thought you kind of liked.
1: Yes. Yes. It's, yeah, it's I, like I had been had. I, I had been scammed.
0: I kind of went through that a little bit I've talked about in the past with the uh, Tim Burton Batman. I loved it when it first came out and then I started to tire of Tim Burton and I retroactively started to not like that Batman movie. And then eventually I kind of came to grips with it and, you know, time went by and it dulled that dislike a little bit. And now I like it again. I don't love it the way I did when it first came out, but I still, you know, now it's, to me, it's a it's a fun movie to watch again.
1: Now, I might go see the Star Wars movie at the cheaper theater because it will probably be out like a week or two after the, the big release. And, it, you know... I don't know. I haven't really decided. I know my kids are probably thinking, oh, we're going to go see it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm, time will tell.
0: Yeah, that's all. I, all right, why don't we talk some comics because it's going to get late and we're not going to want to be oh, yeah. doing this yeah, I'm anymore. I'm
1: already dozing.
0: So, so. Uh, we have a Marvel and a DC horror type book. Mine is mainstream. Yours is actual horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, why don't you why don't you take the ball first with your
1: horror book? All right. Well, my horror book is actually has a story behind it because this is a horror book, and it's almost like this is a spooky story. Very deep. spooky. Blah, blah. So when I was a kid visiting my aunt in New Jersey, who she was a very big, scary woman herself, and her house used to terrify me because her house had a cellar, and it was like one of them cellars that you got to go down and turn the light on when you get down there. And I was always afraid to go down into to the cellar. I mean, I was probably – so this book came out in 75. So I think I was probably reading it like in 70 – well, it came out at the end of 74 and I was probably uh, reading it in 75 or 76. So I would have only been like seven or eight years old reading this book. So, <laughs> so picture that, all right? Now, the reason I even read this book is because my – my well, actually, she was my great aunt, my great aunt Leona. She had a she, renter. Did she have like hotels? No, not Helm, not, not that Leona. Okay. Not the Queen of Mean. So, she had a renter named Jim who always seemed like like I never really talked to Jim, but he was always kind of up there. He lived like on the top floor. I never went up on the top floor of the house, like in an attic and stuff. But he had comic books. And I, I don't remember how I got them, but this was one of the comic books that I read. And this the two the first and the last none of the stories in the middle, I vaguely remembered it once I read it. And I couldn't even remember what the cover was. I only knew of two stories. One that involved a woman in like leather become becoming a vampire. And the and the other story in the book, which I didn't know was the last story in the book. Was about a guy that gets strapped to fireworks, and when he blows up in this, when the fireworks go off, you can see his body blowing apart in the fireworks. That's all I, I remembered. So I put that out on Facebook last night, and guess who finds the book for me? My daughter, Sarah. By my hmm. description, she was able to pinpoint the book. She's like, "Is this the book?" And then she sent me a link for read it online, and I was able to, to read the whole book. And I was like, "Yeah, this is the book." I don't remember any of these other because it's like a hundred pages. Of the House of Mystery, uh, volume one, issue 200, and, or yeah, the House of Mystery, number 228, volume one, cover date, December, January 1974, uh, on sale date, September 12th, 1974, for a cover price of 60 cents, 96 pages, uh, and the cover artist was Luis Dominguez, and it's, you know, it's your standard House of Mystery cover, There's a there's a hand coming up out of the ground with a crucifix, uh, zapping a vampire and it says the vampire soul and then there's two other pictures of a guy being chased by ghosts which that'll play into the final story and then there's another one called the uh, the rebel which was like one of those three page stories it's just like whacked out weird uh but and that's like a guy running from these aliens be that are behind him so it's like it's like one big picture on the top and two inset pictures but the, the stories that we are concerned with um, the first one is called The Wisdom of Many, the, the Wit of One. And what's kind of strange about this one is that it basically tells a story going through of a man who's worried about his wife going out after dark. There's been reports of a vampire. I, I guess the news is pretty liberal in to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna
0: to interrupt you just for a second, oh, Bill.
1: Yeah. Uh, just wanted to let anybody know, anybody who's listening
0: to this that would like to follow along, Bill's daughter found... This on Read Comics Online uh, is the name of the website, and it's House of of Mystery number 228. Uh, I'm not sure. I I would assume if you did a Google search for Read Comics Online and House of Mystery 228, it would bring you to the page we're at. Uh, Maybe we should even throw a link onto the the Facebook, uh, back to the bins page. Uh, So this way, if anybody wants to check this out while they're listening to it, they can. Feel free to get back into it. (laughs)
1: Oh, okay. Um, And one of the things that's weird about this this story is like every panel has a proverb or some type of quote in it that kind of relates to the story that's going on. So it's, you know, it's the story of like a obviously he's like an older man. He's wearing a a yellow suit with a green vest jacket and striped pants. He's like, you know, Daddy Warbucks or something. And his wife is like much younger than him. She's all dressed in leather, rather Kind of not full blown, like a cross between Elvira and Vampirella, maybe. Yeah, that's extent. that's
0: kind of what I was thinking,
1: and I don't think either was prominent at the,
0: maybe or, or even in existence yet. I'm not mm-hmm. sure either one uh, was known at that
1: point. Could be. I'm not certain so you uh basically because uh, i don't want to bog us down going panel by panel but he's like oh don't go out i love you and she's like i want a divorce i'm tired of you you're a creep blah blah blah. and he leaves and he goes and um uh and a- after he leaves this uh the the quote-unquote vampire shows up who's actually his junior business partner but somehow is, was turned into a vampire when he went on a business trip i guess to transylvania so he comes back, and now he's like, you know, he wants to – he wants um, Martha, the woman, and her husband's money. So that's his plan. And the uh, the husband goes to a curio shop, and he picks up – cru- he buys a crucifix for his wife's protection because he's so concerned about her. And during that time, um, the vampire has turned – I can't remember his name. Oh, it's in the story but uh, um, i'm looking while you're talking to yeah. the the, oh. the george hamilton Pe- looking vampire <laughs> peter clifton peter clifton that was that's that's the guy's name um and basically the guy in the curio shop is like hey man you know your wife's cheating on you right and he's like what what oh yeah with peter clifton what what why my, my junior partner what But he died. He died while he was abroad. Blah blah blah. No, he's the vampire. He's the vampire. So he goes right racing off. He gets home and finds that his wife is now gone, full vampire. They live in a very weird house. They live in like a hobbit house because their front door is like a circle. Yeah, it's it's like some circular front door. It's very weird. And this is the image that these two images stuck in my mind when she's turned into a vampire and she's coming towards him. Now, figure out, this is the impressionable mind of like a seven or eight year old. So, this is how I, you know, you know, maybe that's why I have, uh, like some of the attributes that she has. I don't know. Um, so, he holds up the crucifix and poof. And there's there's a proverb for for that, and there's more proverbs and more proverbs. Now, at one point though, like it towards the end of the next page on page eleven. Uh, so he goes. Uh, we cut back to the vampire trying to get back to a grave, and before he can get to it, uh, the, the grieving husband, because he's killed his wife because she was a vampire. Yeah. So basically, when, when she high- atta-
0: when she attacks him, he pulls out this golden cross, mm-hmm. and I guess that causes her to dissolve. The turn to dust. Turn to yeah, dust. She
1: basically turns to dust. Yeah. Before she can get to him, she just be like whoop, whoop, and she's gone. And then he just kind of walks away. Yeah, then he just... For somebody who loved her so much. <laughs> well, no, he's like, no. But but, uh, but so he goes he, he goes off, and I guess he... i do not not really sure. Oh, okay, so all these proverbs have been like Japanese proverb, Italian proverb, this person, that person. We have a quote from Carmine Infantino at the bottom of page 11. Time is the traitor reminding us that all is never completely as it seems. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. Um, But the um, the husband was hiding in a grave or like under a leaf pile at at a grave and surprises the the vampire by never quite seen this. He pops up with the crucifix and it like shoots lightning at him, which is kind of a neat effect if you think about it. So he's holding the back oh and then on the next page, a book can never be judged by its cover, Frank Robbins. Now Frank Robbins did the art in this story and the this story was written by Doug Mensch. Should have mentioned that. I thought it was written by Robbins as well. Nope, it says writer well Mike's Amazing World says Doug Mensch was a writer and artist was Frank Robbins.
0: Because uh, let me see I'm working through, you know, this this
1: website, it, so you gotta kinda yeah. go page by
0: page. But on Oh, no, you're, you're correct. It's a, well, it's a story by Douglas Mensch, then it says art and writing by Frank Robbins. So it must have been...
1: Oh, uh, I'm, I'm guessing it was done stuff. kind
0: of in the Marvel style, where maybe Robbins mm-hmm. did the art without really much of an input by Mench, and then Mench did all the dialogue.
1: Mm.
0: Po- just possibly, possibly, I don't know.
1: Oh, I see. So he was at his... So that's... Yeah, so he... Um, the husband is uh, you know walking towards him with the crucifix and he says oh you were brought oh that that's right this guy's name is Scott 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 Gardner <laughs> <laughs> he's been a vampire all this time and we didn't know it well no he's the guy killing the vampire cuz the vampire is Peter Peter Clifton so anyway yes. uh he's saying me the old fool oh yeah this would be Scott oh <laughs> taking you as my bosom you to my bosom as junior partner, sending you abroad to represent our entrance. That's where a vampire claimed you, wasn't it, Peter? And when your body was returned here, you couldn't rest, could you? Now you can rest, and so can I. So can I. And then we see the he basically turns his uh, uh, the vampire to dust, and that's the end of the first story. So... Um, do we rate the first story on its yeah, own? Yeah, why,
0: why don't we talk about this one, and then we'll move on from it.
1: Uh, while you were doing your uh, recap,
0: I looked up... Uh, Elvira started in 1981, apparently, but okay. Vampirella started in 1969. So wow. Vampirella did exist at this time. Um, not too long, I guess, but, you know, she was not existence well, this is like, as a character.
1: This... this... Like this wife is like really, she, I mean, I oh, I mean she did. He does mention that her t- style of dress changed, so I think she was beginning to go full vampire. She's wearing a cape and.
0: Oh, she was know, going goth,
1: which goth, wasn't goth, really goth, a thing way, at the time. Wasn't a thing. Yeah, she's all. She's got like an open back leather dress with you know thigh high, you know go go boots. I, I kind of like what I like about this story. Well, first of all, I
0: like all the little quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a cool touch for it. I'm pretty sure that Frank Robbins did not uh, coin the phrase, a book shouldn't be judged by its cover. No. Uh, I don't <laughs> but but otherwise, I kind of like the quotes. And I like that Carmine Infantino is quoted in here. Um, I like the fact that the somewhat of a milk toast husband ultimately triumphs. Is the hero, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean I like that aspect of it, and now I I understand that this is something that a lot of people disagree with me on, but I happen to be a fan of Frank Robbins' art. I, I have always thought it's kind of cool, and and you know it has a certain nostalgia for me for when you know when I was a teenager. I've also always thought it was perfect for this style of story, mm-hmm. or as was the case when he drew The Invaders, a book that was supposed to be kind of a golden age story. Mm -hmm. So I I thought it fit those things very well, and I think it fits this one very well. I think it sets a mood. Uh, You know, clearly, as a whatever-you-are-seven-year-old, it was sufficient to frighten you so that's that's something about it that i think would
1: i mean it stuck with me for all these years this this in the last story did especially the last story i think stuck with me more i thought the two i had the two stories kind of mixed in my head because i thought and when we get to the other story i thought a vampire came and did to the guy in the last story what happens to him but 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 in my mind i couldn't figure out how i'm like it didn't make sense but that's because i was combining the two stories in my head until last night when I read it. I'm like, oh, that's right. Now, some, okay. sometimes when, you know, one of the things I like about Frank Robbins
0: is he often chooses kind of a, odd angles to, uh, to, you know, to make the point of view in, in shots. His, his attention to anatomy is really not very strong. Mm. Uh, wh- but but I, whenever he has like a full body shot shot, People to me almost appear to be weightless when he the way he draws them, and I kind of like that. Uh, You know, other people draw people and they like like Kirby drew everybody. They look like they had great mass to them, so it's very different. Yeah, Uh, you know, he he draws them. They look like they have no mass whatsoever.
1: Um, Like when she's dancing around with the vampire with uh, Peter, she looks very like he's lifting her, like she's light as a feather. Yeah. So at the same time, I think he makes the husband look like heavy. Now, he is a little bit heavy in his weight.
0: Very rarely that he
1: draws him in a full body shot, though. But you can see, like,
0: the worry on his shoulders. Um, If you 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 go, like, to the bottom of page nine, he doesn't look that heavy in that shot in the right. On the left, he looks like he's got
1: mass and weight to him. But on the right, he looks kind of light on his feet. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, when he's running, yeah, when he's in action, but when he's just walking and sulking, yeah, he looks very, like, going back a page to where he first walks into the shop and you're talking about the weird angles, you could shot looking down at a side angle of a door, and I could even hear that bell, I mean, they do a sound effect, but I can hear that style bell that when the door opens, the ding dingling, ling ding like straight out of a Hammer horror movie or something.
0: Right. And Yeah. Like, you know. But I, like I think that. I think Robin's art is evocative of that. I think it really does. Right. Kind this of
1: fit feels that. like a this feels like a modern day telling of a Hammer horror film. I would agree. I definitely would agree. Although it's not modern day. It's 1971. It's kind of
0: contemporary to some <laughs> Hammer horror films. Mm, yeah. Or 74. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Overall, I enjoyed this, and I, I'm sure. Like I said, I'm sure my opinions would not necessarily match uh, others when
1: it comes to the artwork. But uh, I think we can grade it. Oh, yeah. See, see, there's another one. See, it's like uh, the top of page 11 when he's walking away. Uh-huh. And there's like the go-go boots. Yeah, and can... <laughs> it's just it's, it's just nothing. It's like smoke like it looks like dust spread out all over the place mm-hmm. and the boots are just deflated like her body's totally dissolved and he's just walking away yeah and there's just smoke wafting off of it, it yeah yeah and the the light is coming in through the circular door yeah or it's the coming, Hobbit house
0: yeah it's it's, it's definitely an interesting shot and again it's kind of a dis, an, an interesting angle cuz it's kind of coming down caddy corner uh mm-hmm. to to take it all in and the, the perspective on it is is i think i think the perspective on it is great
1: Uh, so for a grade, um, well, the cover and the cover's all right. It doesn't, I mean, it kind of applies to, to our, to the story here, but it's, uh, I mean, I guess the, the main photo or or the main, the main drawing on the cover is this one. Yeah. But that's by a different artist. That's by, uh, Luis Dominguez
0: Mm -hmm.
1: does that. And that's like a slightly different style. It's got the more realistic looking people on it than, um, than in this story were so uh but I would give the cover you know yeah C plus B minus it's all right it gets the job done right I agree uh, so the story itself um I mean it's a quick down and dirty it's you know I mean it is a little twisted it was his former business partner partners a vampire now trying to steal his wife and steal his money and you know and you're surprised that usually in these stories the you would think the husband wouldn't win but he yeah. does and so, i like that twist to it so i think i'm going to give the story an a and the art i'm not super super fun, but it's got it's got it, like like you're saying if this was done for a different style book i wouldn't like this art like if this was if, if this, this was, was a, a justice book league book or, or justice avengers league yeah. it would be like me like oh god but yeah, i'm i'm going to give it a b plus a minus for the art, and I'm going to give the story an A. All right, that's um,
0: I'm I'm am a little surprised, but I'm with you on it. Uh, I think as I said, I think the art fits this story really, really well. So I'm I'm going to say I was going to say a B plus, but I think I'm with you, B plus A minus. Uh, and the story itself, I think you know it's a evo- it, it, it's evocative of uh you know an eerie book or you know a 1950s horror book, and mm-hmm. it's to me it's entertaining for what it does and the little twist that the guy actually is successful at the end, uh, you know, threw me off a little and in a good way. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna stay with you totally and I'm gonna say an A on the story. And overall I think the book is a B plus. Okay. And now the second story starts on which page?
1: Uh it starts on that page, you're covering. I I already jumped to it, eighty four.
0: Okay. Now, anybody who's on the who wants to go to the website, at the top of the page, uh, there's a menu bar, and then underneath that, there's a secondary menu bar, and that has little arrows to change from page to page. But it's also got a, a, a pull-down menu with a page number that you could just put in the page you want to go to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I am now on page 84 with
1: you, Bill. All right. And this story is go to the right one I'm sure I got it so the name of the story is The Fireworks Man and it is a 12 page story in our book Uh, writer is Michael L. Fleischer take a look I want to see like we're familiar with Frank Robbins and Doug Mensch but so Fleischer has done a lot of he did a lot of DC of this type of stories looks like Witching Hour House of Mystery Forbidden Tales Weird Mystery Tales uh, then he worked for Atlas, Grim Ghost, Iron Jaw, Brute. He was the writer.
0: Okay, so he was big on, in Atlas.
1: Yeah. And then back to DC, because <laughs> Atlas wasn't around long. Uh, did some Marvel. Oh, Man-Thing number one. Oh, huh, huh. interesting. Uh, a couple Ghost Riders, a Cap, little odds and ends there. The last entry they got, oh, Conan, oh, a bunch of Conan. Jonah Hex, Conan, Conan, Conan. A couple Warlords. Like, wow, very prolific. Last thing it shows him doing was like 1989, a Conan book, Conan a Barbarian, 225. So, and then the artist, the artist was the one I wasn't familiar with either. And that's Gary Talak? I would say... E-A-L-A-O-C?
0: Talaloc, I would say, T-l-a-o-c. maybe. But I don't know if that's even close to correct.
1: And he was also in the House of Mystery Unexpected, Phantom Stranger... Uh, oh, Star Spangled War Stories, Witching Hour, Weird War Tales, like that that genre of um, of DC. Well, well from the from the early 70s, well into the early 80s, and then he looks like he did a couple uh, jumped over to the Incredible Hulk, like like 291, did a bunch of Hulks up into the 300s, stint on Alpha Flight, which is where I think I'm familiar with his art starting with, like, uh, no, number 29, because I remember it was such a, a hard change, because I was so enamored with John Byrne, and then I'm like, what uh whoo who what? <laughs> what? uh Yeah, he did a big run on Alpha Flight, and then uh, shows this last thing was 1992, Clyde Barker's Hellraiser Summer Special. <laughs> he did a, a, a story in there, so... Yes, yeah, so we got two people that have been done a lot. So this story is called The Fireworks Man. Now, this is a story of, um, oh, what is his name? Carl. Carl and Timothy. Carl's a businessman. Timothy is the brains behind this new version of fireworks. And he's demonstrating it to Carl. Carl! Somebody will get that. <laughs> do, do you get that joke? Yes, I do. Okay. So you're familiar with llamas and hats too. Carl, that kills people. No. You know, that's that con, that cartoon series gets pretty dark when it gets to the end. I don't know if you ever watched all the way through. The first one or two are funny in a dark way. It gets real dark. Real dark. So anyway See if Russell he's, knows but, it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Russell knows it. So He's invented this fireworks and up in the sky on the second page it's the uh oh I can I you know I used to know what this it's it's the three guys marching with the steer, spear to seventy six, Yeah, with the the, the the two drummers and the guy with the bandages on his head with a pipe. But it's all displayed in the sky with fireworks and it's like, oh it's an oh, amazing picture. This is incredible. Ah, it's my new fireworks formula, blah, blah, blah. Impressed. Oh, we're gonna make millions of dollars. This is a great idea. You're the man. Yeah. Yeah, you're the man. So we cut to uh, hmm. <laughs> Carl Rafferty. Yes, Carl Rafferty and Timothy Jenkins did have a good partnership. Timothy was the creative man in the firm, and Carl was the salesman and business manager. But there is something and saboteur <laughs> something about the prospect of instant wealth that works to dissolve the part the best of partnerships. And so that night, meanwhile, in the bus garage. Carl decides to sabotage the brake lines on the company bus because his buddy, (laughs) his buddy rides the bus home all the time. So he sabotages the bus and kills not only Timothy, but a bunch of people as well and the bus driver. And what's weird about this is that they all. okay. so after the bus crashes out of the wreckage, the people rise up and they're all ghosts but, are, are we all dead
0: yes all dead
1: but, but well, look drawn... at that wreckage Woof. <laughs> well it rolled off the cliff I that mean, is went that's over the like cliff.
0: like just slag
1: <laughs> yeah it's like smashed to a pulp it's like you can't even tell that's a bus it just looks like a pile of scrap metal and like all these ethereal weirdly drawn like bluish wispy type i mean they're full figures but they still have a Again, like a ethereal quality, a little different. Like the characters in the last story looked like these you can all kind of see through because, like, there's certain gaps that are drawn. Where you, things, you know what it reminds it, me of when
0: in in a lot of the early Firestorm comics when they were merged, and ah, you'd ha- yes. and you'd have Professor. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't even think what his name. The, the professor, like in the background, talking Stein. to him. Professor Stein, Stein, yes. And and that's exactly. the way he would be drawn because he wasn't really there, but
1: just so that you could, you know, envision the two voices speaking to each other. Yep. So they're all floating around. We're dead, we're dead, we're dead. And then they go to the next page, and now they've kind of changed color, but it's weird because they've he's still drawing them in this weird way that they look really, really freaky, like parts of them are solid, but parts of them aren't. Like they see, like, you see, like, the... It, ends and tips of a finger or you know, that they're wearing glasses or a guy's wearing a hat, but then you can see through his chest and, and I wonder if it's a,
0: supposed to be demonstrative of what got damaged in the accident, maybe?
1: Mm, possibly. So they're all pointing to the wreckage and it's amazing. Oh, well, well we died because the brakes failed. Something was wrong. It's like, wow you guys are you guys are really you guys are really getting into this being dead thing real quick. Ah, somebody drilled holes in the brake cylinders. We we're all murdered. And Timothy, oh, it was Carl did it, my partner. <laughs> so he's automated the guy. Timothy's automatically blaming Carl already. I mean, he is correct, but it's just like,
0: man. Well, it's it's like in the comics when sometimes they say, the only person who this could be is so-and-so. Meanwhile, when you start thinking about, like, the different supervillains or whatever, there's like, no, it really could have been, like, a dozen different supervillains. But yeah. they had to pick out the right one. You know, it could have, well, I mean, they did say, somebody did say it was an accident at first, and then someone else, and I think it was...
1: Uh, like the driver or something. Somebody or said, like so, no, gang. someone
0: drilled holes in the brake cylinders, we were murdered. And that's when he says yeah. it was Carl. Because so, you you know, you know, it the, could be
1: who else would murder us, you know what I mean? Right. And then one of the ghosts, you mean he murdered all of us just so he could kill you? Come, let us leave this place of death. Let us repair to a more tranquil place to plot our revenge. Revenge Why don't you just go to heaven? <laughs> but Carl Rafferty knew nothing of the ghosts. He only knew that Timothy Jenkins was dead, and that as soon as people learned about the new fireworks displays, the order started pouring in. So he's got all he's making a we're in the money. And they show all these displays of football games, there's a guy, a football player in the sky and there's a big cloud up. I mean, I mean, a big flag up in you know the sky. It's oh, at a, an official ceremony, a patriotic celebration, it's showing guys like in a firework, in a in a firefight, and uh, then the last one he's, he, you know now uh, Carl Carl is on the cover of Time magazine, fireworks tycoon. Ah, uh, yeah, it says I'll make millions with these new fireworks, millions. <laughs> Must remember to put up a bronze plaque somewhere for good old Jenkins. <laughs> what oh, don't person? worry. Don't worry. He's going to get what's coming to him. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, so he gets a call uh, from like a secretary. Bzzz. Excuse me, Mr. Rafferty. Here's a call from Mr. Vanderwaltz. Vander Wazul. Vander, Vander Wazul. Here to see you. Vander Wazul. He's one of the richest men in America. Send him in, Miss Henderson. Send him in. So this guy's having a party, and he's like, I want something great. I want something spectacular. You better not break, you know, blah, 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 blah. Money's no object. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, okay, we're going to design something great. So uh, later on, after two weeks, uh, he gets a phone call from uh, Zunderwal Zool again and says, hey, uh, you need to get over here tonight. I'm having a party. And uh, it's like, it's like uh, he's like, I'm hard at work. I gotta get this done. Why don't I send my no? You'll send nobody, Rafferty, and you'll like it. I want you, my chauffeur, will pick you up in ten minutes. So, right on cue. Ten minutes later, in well, actually no, actually he he comes right in like after that, the chauffeur. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's like, huh? How h- how did you get in here? Well, I just walked in, sir. The car is right outside. So he tells people, hey, I'm going out to the estate to, to watch the display, you know. Don't do anything, you know, so don't blah, 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 blah for some changes, blah, blah, blah. And then in the car, he's thinking, wow, that voice on the phone really didn't sound like him. But, uh, eh, what could possibly go wrong? But, oh, no, and he's like, it didn't really sound like Vendors of Rule at all. It sounded more like, like, but nah, how could I even think that way? That would be impossible. Hmm. Thinking maybe it sounded like his dead partner. And then, uh... He realizes that the limousine is not taking him where it's supposed to. And then when he looks back, um, after they've stopped driving, he's like, oh, so he turns back to the chauffeur who, meanwhile, we have figured out is a ghost because he went translucent and went poof. And, uh, he's like, Hey, chauffeur, where are the blades? Is it what the chauffeur he's, he's gone, vanished. Um, so he gets out and then he meets a guy who says he's Vander, Vander's, Vander's assistant. And he can't see that this guy is translucent like a ghost, too. Oh, no, and he does say... He does it's say it's too to, dark. It's awful hard to see up here almost midnight, too, because that's when the big display is supposed to go off. And then all of a sudden, uh, somebody, like, things grab him, and then the ghosts kind of make themselves vi- visible. Like, he can't see them, but he's being li- lifted. Like, in one panel, you just see him lifted off the ground. And he doesn't know what's going on. And next... You see that um, um, his buddy is is having them lift him up, and uh, <laughs> he's like, "Who who's got a hold of you? Why we do, Carl? The ghost of the men you murdered? No, no, it's not possible. You're dead. The bus crash. Every aboard was killed. You're quite right, Carl. We're all dead. All right, every last one of us. What what are you gonna do? And he turns and he's strapped to um, he's strapped to a fireworks display. Well, he says why dear me I, this is uh, uh uh his buddy what was his name jerry timothy timothy is like i do believe it's midnight carl well chap i think you're about to skyrocket to success you mean you mean no timothy please and then he lights a fuse it's basically in between his crotch and burns up to the uh you know he's like ah and then um Back at the Vander, Vander's, Vanzert's Wazools estate. Um, he's looking at his watch, like, what's going on? What's taking so long? And up on the mountains, oh, it's some sort of fireworks rocket. And you've got one big panel of a fireworks whoosh, going up in the air. And then when you get to the last page, and this is the page that always stuck in my head, and it's the guy that was strapped, it's Carl, but he's being blown to pieces. And that's what's, you know, that's what the fireworks are displaying. And everybody's like, oh, my God, that's, you know, why is it so horrible? Well, how do you, well, just imagine it's, you know, being blown apart by, by fireworks. And that's <laughs> yeah. You'd have the horrible horrible expression, horrible expression too, if you too. were exploding all over the place. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's the two best stories in here. Because the ones in the middle are kind of, yeah, I don't know if you even had had a chance to look through them. I, I didn't have a chance. They're like the standard E.C. of the day from like the 50s and like some of the earlier books that, that, you know, other books we've done. I think these two are the standout of the, of the book. So um, uh, you want to rate it? Sure. I mean,
0: just talking in general first, uh, I kind of found it entertaining. I, I thought it was kind of cool. I, uh, <laughs> I thought it had kind of a
1: twilight zone night gallery feel about it yeah 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 especially with the with the ghosts are just so nonchalant like we're dead let's plot our revenge let's go or i could see it as board. i could see it as an episode in creep show yes yes this would definitely fit in creep show and uh this is the kane uh, you know kane, kane and abel kane is our like our book narrator so oh, this one is, is
0: not represented on the cover, other than to say the fireworks man. It, there's no photo, no picture, uh, right, for it. Um,
1: so I would say the art is a little bit more. Whereas the other one had a stylistic quality, this is a little bit more realistic looking. Oh, certainly. You know, it's got more realism going than the other one did. Uh, but it then it gets stylistic with the ghosts. I like how the ghosts are portrayed. Um, the fireworks are kind of, I mean, it'd be really cool if you could do that with fireworks. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, and the story you kind of know, I mean, it's, you kind of know where it's going to go once the ghosts are into it. Well, I didn't know they were going to make him part of the fireworks. Oh, oh. hmm. I don't know if you did. Well, maybe just because I've known this story for so long that it's no longer a surprise to me. But you know what? Now, thinking back, it probably was, again... Probably probably, you know, maybe this scared me of fireworks when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean think think of it a, you know, I'm seven or eight and I turn this last page and there's this guy's his, his head's blown off, his hands are flying.
0: Oh, it's all yeah, So
1: like you know No, seven or eight I could see where this would scare you a lot. <laughs> but oh, I, there's there's one other thing in this well let's finish grading. There's one other thing. There's an ad in the book. But um but we'll talk about that after we finish. Great. So so art, uh, you know, I'm tempted to give it an A, an a or, or a B plus because I really like the art. Um, so I'm going to give it B plus, A minus in the story, even though it kind is, you know, it's a typical horror story. But it's got the twist with the whole fireworks is a pretty neat, neat gimmick. And I'm going to give it a B plus for the story.
0: Okay, I'm going to say, art-wise, I think it's a solid B. Uh, I don't think I go as high as B+, but I think a solid B. It's very, very effective, especially, like you say, the uh, ethereal look for the ghosts. And story-wise, because it tends to remind me of Creepshow, I'm going to give it an A-. uh,
1: Because I think that that brings it up a level. All right, so go to page... uh, First, go to page 34. Nope, that's... Not it. Uh, thirty four is yeah, that's oh, a. Oh, okay. Let me try thirty five. Yeah, there we go. Thirty five. <laughs> thirty five.
0: Okay. He wants. He wants you to be his master duke, the super action dog.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> I. That looks so cool.
0: so you would have wanted to own one
1: of these i think i wanted this when i was a kid you know
0: what i would have wanted i would have wanted one of these to put with my gi joes to make it kind of part of that
1: yes assuming assuming
0: it it looks like it would be like the right size to go with it you know it would go with the six million dollar man
1: wasn't the six million dollar man an eight inch oh i thought no because gi joe was a
0: 12 inch i think
1: no, I kind of remember. Would you be able to look through the back of his head through his bionic eye? He would have to be kind of big for you to look through his head, as his head, right? Uh, I thought he was yeah. a 12-inch.
0: I thought I thought he was smaller, but I could be wrong.
1: Hmm. I never I never
0: had the six million dollar man toy.
1: I did. Have the I G.I. Joe's did though. have one. I kind of remember that because I remember looking through his bionic eye. Let's All see so quickly they're... looking it up.
0: Six million dollar man toy. Just see what comes up when I Google that. Uh, yeah, it looks like from the look of it actually it may you may be right, it may be a twelve inch. There's an Oscar <laughs> Goldman one. I'm just I just clicked on one <laughs> and it's got it on you know on sale on eBay and it's got an Oscar Goldman one. It looks like it's got no pants
1: though. <laughs> Oscar went casual. Yeah, he went a little too casual. Does his face come off and he's a robot underneath? <laughs> doesn't doesn't Can look, look have that him? way. Can you have him crush the carpet down when he walks on? Yeah, I just I just it?
0: found that the six million dollar man on eBay, and it's got the one where you could look through the eye, uh-huh. and it's it says it says on the uh, specifications there it says thirteen inch. So I would say you're oh. correct. It would go well with your uh, Duke the dog.
1: Exactly. All right. So page forty two, this is a Detective Comics. So remember, a long time ago, I said there there was like certain comics that I remember. Mm-hmm. and oddly enough all three of them are dc is like the first comics i had and not a marvel as much as i'm a marvel fan but this detective comics it's either this or another one like it to where like batwoman or is being shot on the cover there's a split one isn't there where batman's being shot and and batwoman or catwoman is being shot there's another i swear there's another one that has a split cover that i remember getting it for easter one year in my easter basket but it's the cover is like this what I just love is there's seven books here, and
0: every one of them is like the hundred-page giant for sixty cents, and just yeah, I, I love that era. The uh, one we're doing is here too. Yes, uh, I mean the yeah. only one that I wouldn't have totally gone out for is the uh, Young, Young love, love.
1: book. Oh, you know you want it.
0: And you know what? <laughs> if that was all that was in front of me, I would have read that.
1: <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> I don't think there was one other page. Oh, where was it? 63? Oh, 63. Page 63. The simple See, advice to
0: change Bob's body and his entire life. Bob is a little to, bit of a wimp, and then he's huge.
1: But but to the left, is that Steve Carell? <laughs> as Joe Weeder. <laughs> Definitely looks like him. Is Joe Weeder still alive?
0: I don't know. Because he was doing Men's Health magazine in the
1: 90s that i remember i'm sure his brand is still alive
0: let's see oh, no, joe weeder is still
1: alive uh it looks
0: like he no he died in 2013
1: Hmm. and the last page of the book 98 the ad there is uh is probably be something right up your alley that you would have liked to do endangered animals oh the models the models, Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, back then, I would have been all over this. So they had the Endangered Gorilla, Endangered Komodo Dragon, Endangered Condor, and Endangered Rhino. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved models back then, so I would have been all over mm-hmm. it. And, uh, you know, my eyesight isn't quite what it was. You know, I, I, I wear glasses now, which I hate. Uh, but back when I didn't wear glasses, I still, you know, even as an adult, love to paint these things and, and do them now. The the fine work gets a little tough for me. You know, I need one of those glasses like the surgeons wear where they have those little binoculars built into them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Yeah, it's a pretty cool book. I'm, gl- I'm glad yeah. you were able to find it. And again, we'll, you know, we will have a link on the two true freaks or the, not the two true freaks, the back to the bins Facebook page for anybody who wants to look along uh, with us as we talked about it. Uh, So, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Now, mine is more of a mainstream book. I picked Captain America, number 164, from uh, uh, August of 1973. I see it as kind of a, uh, a, you know, a a complimentary book to Cap Wolf, which we covered one (laughs) one year, because this is uh, Falcon as a werewolf.
1: But this one comes before it, though. Yeah,
0: I know. And uh, I'm going to read you the uh, synopsis from the Marvel Wiki page, because I can. Uh, the story, uh, cover is drawn by, uh, John Romita and it shows Falcon lurking behind a corner and he's werewolfed up and he's also got like a, a chain on his wrist and coming towards the corner down, you know, down a dark alley is Captain America and deadly nightshade. And she's saying, I always thought this, th- thought this was funny. She says, follow me Avenger for I am nightshade and I never lie. Your friend Falcon is around the corner. Oh, well, if you say you never lie, then I'll follow you, you know, it's <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, Captain America is in the prototypical John Romita drawing style there. He really stands out as, as mm-hmm. John Romita to me, one of the most obvious, you know, easiest uh, artist call, calls that I could get. The story is called Queen of the Werewolves. It's written by Steve Englehart. It's penciled by Alan Weiss, who was the subject of our uh our Focus episode a Our while focus. back.
1: He and also inks actually, his own work. But And we talked about this. I don't know if we posted it, but we discussed this page in it and how I think Scott was not happy with it. I'm not sure. Coloring really in
0: this it. issue, interesting. John Jim Starlin. And lettered mm. by John Coe stanza. So the synopsis is, A man dressed as Captain America is savagely attacked by a large number of werewolves. Nightshade calls them off at the last second. Elsewhere, the real Cap is riding motorcycles or it should be riding motorcycles, I guess, with Falcon feeling joyful because everything seems right in the world. Cap has agreed to help the Falcon investigate a plea for help from the Falcon's old friend, Mel Lansing, imprisoned in Grimrock Prison. Falcon and Cap, Cap infiltrate the old abandoned prison. Cap finds t- the torn shreds of a mask like his own and then he is attacked by werewolves from the rafters. He fights them all off and is then confronted by a young girl calling herself Deadly Nightshade, who says she has captured the Falcon. Cap reluctantly follows her and Nightshade locks him in a room with Falcon, who soon turns into a werewolf thanks to a serum from Nightshade. Forced to fight his friend, Cap uses his weight to bust open the door when Falcon Wolf launches himself against it. Disappointed, Nightshade says she's blown it and behind her, Yellow Claw agrees, and says he's withdrawing the funds he provided for her to develop her werewolf serum. The claw leaves, just as Nick Fury leads a shield squad to capture him. Nightshade says she won't be taken alive. Elsewhere in the prison, Cap finally defeats the falcon with a blow to the neck. Nightshade's other werewolves, together with a recovered falcon wolf, race to the high tower, where Nightshade, wanting to go out in a blaze of glory, leaps off the top and orders her werewolves to follow suit. Cap desperately tries to stop Falcon Wolf from plunging over the edge, and to his relief, the rising sun changes him back into human form. Falcon bemoans the death of his friend Mel, whom Nightshade had dressed up as Captain America and let werewolves kill as practice, but Cap and Nick Fury are more concerned that the Yellow Claw has returned. So, a couple of things as I went through this one. Uh, first of all I think the art is, I, I, I don't know... Uh, I don't remember what we said about it in the uh, focus episode, but I really like the art. It's, it's definitely off uh, model for what you'd be used to in a Captain America book. It's definitely more moody, but the story is too, so I'm kind of cool with that. The different werewolves, it's funny that Jim Starlin was the colorist because they remind me of when Jim Starlin as the actual penciler would have you know all these weird aliens in a, in a shot.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. they all
0: have kind of these weird faces. And apparently they're all uh, inmates from the prison that she transformed. So the opening scene where they have the, you know, faux Captain America being uh, attacked by the wolves, I I just find it strange when they do that. I remember like in... uh, in, from Russia with Love they, they kinda did that. They had a guy oh, dressed yeah. as James Bond and they but used Robert
1: him Shaw for, was going against yeah. But you guy. know,
0: just dressing the guy like him doesn't make it him. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? You, you you dress putting the guy in a Captain America costume, but that doesn't give him Captain America's abilities. Uh, you know you you could put the <laughs> James Bond mask on the guy but it doesn't make him James Bond yeah, so it's but being able be training to training him. him
1: to attack and kill somebody in that in that costume that's
0: the only thing i came up with that she's she's teaching these wolves to attack that particular look but it's it's still kind of mm-hmm. it, it's it's more for effect than anything else i feel um anyway uh
1: i really like the drawing on page 5 the close up of uh, nightshade i think she looks really good there
0: yeah, that Just is a, a good shot. The closer the one on face, the right. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, the, the, yeah. Or even
0: even the shot of the wolves carrying the faux Cap away without the mask on. I thought. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, the, you know, the wolves look okay. There's one with the dumb dumb Dugan mustache in front, but <laughs> uh, but I think like the uh, the the inmate dressed as Cap kind of looks really, you know, he's dead and, and he looks kind of, you know, it's kind of creepy.
1: It's a pretty jarring transition on the next page when the the, the, the first panel is the is the inmate um, hanging upside down, obviously dead or unconscious or, or, you know, and then we cut to the next panel and it's the real Cap just laughing. Ah, <laughs> it's kind of like, whoa.
0: Although it seems kind of strange that, uh, you know, that he would be, you know, it just kept laughing. Cap in this book doesn't really feel to me like he's totally characterized
1: correctly, and I'll get to that in a minute. Uh. It it's well, see, just... I I didn't realize at first that this was a fake cap. And I'm like, why is he so afraid of them? Is this like what's going on?
0: Yeah.
1: And I was like, Oh So this I've whole
0: thing it. with uh this, this guy Mel that uh he's going to save, that could be kind of a false memory, they they later say, because uh there's a whole thing or at least the whole thing with Mel where he you know he was good, but Mel was bad or whatever, and mm-hmm. Mel ended up in prison. Uh, you know because they later retconned it that he ended up being Snap Wilson and he was kind of like a pimp drug guy. Right. Uh, you know that whole thing, and so it went back and forth as to whether or not that's a real memory or if it's been changed somehow. Uh, they never show you how she captures the Falcon, and I feel like that's something that yeah, can be an issue already... unto itself. Yeah, he's already captured. I mean, yeah. And, and then, then she shows him, uh, you know, a feather from Red Wing. He's One of Red Wing's feathers. I know the markings. Eh, that's pretty good. He show, shows him one
1: feather, and he knows that it's Red Wings. Um, so the panel uh, where they're all in their rafters getting ready to jump, the panel above that, they got Cap, and he's like, he finds the cow. But mm-hmm. the coloring, now, I know this is, this wouldn't happen till later, but when Cap became Hydro Cap, and he's, He's got a greenish color to him, you know. When he became, uh, just oh recently. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's foreshadowing if that's. Oh what no, 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 it, no! It's just a, it's just a coincidence. But I'm like, oh my God, it's Hydrocap. <laughs> it was foreseen. Alan Weiss takes a lot of time with Nightshade. He seems to really like her.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. He he definitely he puts gave her in a, a lot of detail. poses and
1: and 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 stuff.
0: So, uh, I'm trying to, you know, Cap, when Cap is fighting him, well, actually, just to, as I'm going through it, uh, I, I don't know what's up with that, co- that uniform or costume that Nick Fury's wearing. He's wearing like the Oh, fur- what did he
1: come out of the Mongol Empire? Yeah, what I, I don't And
0: apparently there is, because there's something here on the uh, Wikipedia page where it says, uh, oh, is it Nick Fury's depe- depicted in this issue in fur clad shield attire. So I guess that's something maybe that. Had been shown before, but I don't ever remember seeing it. Next issue, he will mistakenly be shown in his traditional blue shield battle suit. Um, When they, during, I'm trying to look where they, they're describing Captain America at one point. uh, And they they describe him in a way that I didn't think was really very good. And I'm trying to see where that is. Maybe it's when he's battling all the the werewolves.
1: Oh, you mean in the story itself?
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah. A strange man, this Captain America, and other times he would have been a Northlands barbarian, a privateer, a knight. He might have been a knight, but I don't think he would have been a barbarian or a privateer. I think that's, you know, I, I don't know. In any time, he would have been a warrior, finely tuned, muscles respond precisely to his indomitable will. He stands his ground and smashes out confidently at all who venture near him. Uh, it, oh, and a danger is like food to him, a food the soul uh, a food for the soul a food he needs to live for only when he's close to dying is he truly alive that doesn't sound right for me for captain america uh yeah i, I mean i could be you know i could be as wrong as anybody but that that seems to me to be a false description of his
1: persona oh uh, well uh, you know what paul this book was before mine 73 uh doesn't matter yeah yeah but so, you know, well, I mean, this, you know, I mean, this is still Cap's only been around in comic uh, back in the comic scene for what, 10 years?
0: Uh, 10 to somewhere between 10 and 15. I think he came back in
1: 64. Well, yeah, he came back in the Avengers. So that was like 63, 64. It's only 1973
0: here. Yeah. Okay. So 10 years. Yeah.
1: So yeah, they still hadn't really established. I mean, heck, we had e- emo cap for the first couple, you know, first
0: Yeah, but ten years is enough time to have his personality down. I don't That's think. He, I don't true. think
1: he craved, you know, being near
0: death. Uh, I, I don't know. That that didn't go for me. I like the way Yellow Claw is presented. He's very creepy. Uh, mm-hmm. I like when he's scratching the head of one of the werewolves. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Uh, overall, I, I enjoyed the book. Some of, some of the artwork. Uh, by Alan Weiss is really, really cool, and some of it is weird, like that shot of Nick Fury in his fur vest, uh, like the way his legs are as he's marching, I guess, towards the the goal. It just looks weird. like People don't stand like that. People don't walk like that. Some of the fight scenes are very well done, though, so it kind of goes back and forth for me. Uh, And and Nightshade, like you say I think she's almost always drawn very well in here.
1: Another thing that's weird, uh, or just interesting, okay, so... When Sam Wilson grows in size and his hair, you know, he gets the werewolf hair, his hair actually becomes somewhat of an afro. Now, I mean, would that be, I mean, I guess, like, if you look, is it page 15? See, when he's, like, he actually, like, his hair grows, but it grows in, like, I, I mean, a style that a black man would have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm sounding racist, am I? I'm just trying to be factual. I think. Well, I guess you could say it's just getting longer. It's not really so right, much right, stylized. Right. Well no no, I d I don't mean it's a style, it's just getting long like it's it could have just made it like just regular hair, but it's like it's it's like an attention to detail in that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I could go with you on that.
1: Yeah, I didn't mean it as like a black exploitation. I'm just saying, well hair got longer, bigger. I mean Nightshade, she's got some she's got a She's got some hair. Yeah. And how old is she? I think she's supposed to be like. A I'm, I'm guessing around 18.
0: Oh yeah, because she's a little, a little. She's a little childish in in her. Yeah. Her her uh, maturity level. And and not childish like a, an infant, but just immature.
1: Yeah, and then she decides to take her own life. And which she doesn't really it,
0: do, because she comes back. Oh, does she? Oh, yeah. This isn't it's... this isn't
1: her only appearance. All right, I'd like to see some more Nightshade.
0: Uh, I'm not sure what her next appearance after this is.
1: Oh, my God. Sorry, I just went and saw one of the last ads in it. We're going to have to act it out. The okay. day Bill told off his boss. We'll get to that. <laughs> <All> right, yeah. <laughs> and then, We'll get to that. We'll,
0: we'll make that our closing uh, yeah, thing here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's something for you all to look forward to. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Like they, they just seem to be like, okay, the sun came up. Sam turned back into regular Sam. And we'll just kind of take it as, you know, on faith that he's never going to turn into the Sam Wolf again.
1: Yeah. Did he have a temporary formula? We we, we, we won't test him or anything. Did all the bodies at the bottom of the tower, did they all turn back into dead humans down there? Yeah, what went on there? Yeah. But overall, again, you know, kind of, Kind of a fun issue as far
0: as I'm concerned. I I like this Mm -hmm. one. I think the cover is a little uh, just misleading because I I don't think you kind of expect the story you get, although it's kind of representative of what you see inside. But I just think the difference in artwork is so stark between the cover and the interior,
1: even though they're both
0: really good. I think the cover leads you to believe it's going to be a much, much more lighthearted story than the interior is. Mm Mm-hmm. So, any any comments
1: beyond that? Mm, oh, I think I've already kind of touched on everything that. Uh... All right, so let's rate it. Uh,
0: the cover, John Romita. I, I, I don't think John Romita's ever drawn a cover that I would put lower than a, lower than some level of B. Uh, so, I'm going to go with this one. It's almost, it's not the most artistic cover I've ever seen, but it's kind of one that stood out to me always because it's kind of fun. Uh, so, I'm, I'm just going to give it right smack B, you know, no no plus or minus, just a solid B. Uh, the interior art is, you know, it's Alan Weiss, it's much more stylized, but again, Like with our last book, uh, it's very fitting to the type of story we have because of the moodiness and everything, especially the way he draws Nightshade and the way he draws Yellow Claw. Uh, Those things in particular, I think, are really well done. So I'm going to give the interior art a B as well. There are shots, like I said, that one of Nick Fury where he just looks weird the way he's standing, so I can't quite get it up to an A. Uh, and the story is fun, but it's kind of dopey. So I'm going to say a B minus on that. And overall, I'm going to give the book a B. Mm.
1: Uh, the cover, mm, yeah, it's. it's uh, mm, and maybe I'm just not at the massive, as big a genre media. I mean, I like it, but it just seems it's just. I'm going to give it a B minus, C plus. Um, the interior art. Yeah, we were doing fine till we got to Nick Fury's outfit. I mean, but there and there's a couple other spots that it's. I mean, Alan Weiss. I'm thinking back to that Avengers issue we covered, and I see a lot of the same um, models or like poses of characters. But uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I I like that one if I remember correctly. It was very different from the standard Avengers fair that we had seen. Um, it does draw a good nightshade too. Um, so interior art, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, we scratch in the guy's head. Uh, I could, I'll give it a B plus, and the story, um, yeah, the Yellow Claw, the first time I ever saw the Yellow Claw was in the Avengers, um. Oh, so much later. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not really as familiar with Yellow Claw, other than I know that he was a villain against Yang Shi or Shang Shi. so, um... Story, I'll give the story a C-plus, B-minus, and then that's there we have it.
0: Okay, and all of that said, we're just going to do a quick dramatic reading of the ad The Day Bill Told Off His Boss. Uh, Bill will be played by Bill, and I will play the boss.
1: Well, well, what type of music are you going to use for this? I don't know. Do you have a suggestion? Because I didn't have anything Uh, in my head. I don't know. You could play in the background take this job and shove it by johnny paycheck
0: all right well we'll go for that so here we go get in here bill i want to talk to you you punched in seven minutes late i'm docking you an hour's pay and it better not
1: happen again or else oh yeah i got news for you mr Beamus. I've got a new job offer with a real future at twice the money. Ha! Ah, anybody would be crazy to pay you that much. <laughs> That's what you think. I've been learning electronics in my spare time at home from CIE and now I can take my pick of good jobs. You gotta be kidding. You? In electronics? Yes. Now I've got a career CIE made it easy. so. Goodbye to you and your crummy job, and your little
0: dog, too. Are you working for peanuts in a dead-end job? Get smart. Send for two free books like Bill did. Be sure to send for your two free books today. For your convenience, we will try to have a representative call. If coupon has been removed, write in to Cleveland Institute of Electronics, 1776 East 17th Street, Cleveland, Ohio.
1: Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at two 2truefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) scary very scary who knows what urine lurks in the hearts of men i still can't find this ad oh oh, we'll get closer to the ads where is the ad i'm looking for what joe weir Looks more like Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> Page 63, Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> I already clicked back that page. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, I'm going to go back a bunch of pages. Come forward. <sighs> no, no. Ooh, Duke the Super Action Dog. Hmm. Okay, not there. 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 there. Ah, aha. Found you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm m mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. 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 mm-hmm.